Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at CelebrationORL.org. And with that, we're back after the message. Message, message, message. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to After the Message. Uh, if you're stumbling upon this podcast, this is the Celebration Church Orlando podcast, and you are listening to After the Message, a segment of the podcast that talks about the previous Sunday's sermon, although I will give a heads up that we're going to be talking a lot more than the previous Sunday's sermon. All right. We're going to be talking about the conclusion of our Signs series. Yep. And if you've been following along with Celebration Church... <clears throat> Excuse me. If you've been Excuse following me. along with Celebration Church for uh, the past seven weeks, we've been in an immersive special series called Signs, where we've been taking a look at some of the miracles in the Gospel of John. And before we move any further, I'd like to introduce one of the masterminds behind this series, my brother Vinny. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me back after months. Mm. I was waiting, mm. waiting for a phone call, for a text message, for mm. a base camp uh, ping, whatever. Should we should we rewind history just a few weeks <clears throat> and 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 realize that I asked you to come on earlier, right? Yeah, but. Life. Life. Yes. Well, just make, I think it's very important to let everybody know that when you invited me, I was here. That's true. So, but life happened. That's true. Life's always happening. Unexpected things. Unexpected things. Like this morning, something unexpected happened. Oh, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and share with the people before we get into uh, today's discussion? Well, well, uh, very nice team member, uh, Mr. John Stevens, just invited me to one and a 40 minutes flight in uh, Cessna 182P mm. airplane, and it was amazing. It was my first uh, experience flying a small in a small airplane, and it was amazing. Mm. I was, um, <clears throat> of course, a little bit worried last night. Um, not because I don't trust Joan, it's more like I don't trust technology, but it turned out, it turned out very nice. It was amazing. Uh, great experience. We flew from Sanford to Daytona and, uh, Tutsville and, uh, it was, it was good. Yeah. You're here. You're on one piece. You made it. Made it. I'm alive. You're alive. Serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. Ready for his purpose, whatever it is for me to accomplish. Right on. Let's talk about, <clears throat> let's let's rewind time a little bit and talk about kind of the beginning of this process when we were thinking about what we wanted to do uh, with the sign series before it was even called the sign series. Um, but just kind of take us through that process a little bit about deciding, hey, I think it would be good to go through John. We all kind of collectively decided that it would be a great gospel to go through. So take us through that thought process a little bit. Uh, I think um, 
Sorry, guys. We have no COVID. We ju we're just uh, making weird noises, but we're we're healthy. I think Lindsay uh, asked me months ago um, to be thinking about a um, fall series. I pray about it, and I had at least 15 ideas that maybe in the future. 15. Around 15. Mm. <clears throat> so we shared a little bit in... Uh, One of the ideas was, uh, what about we talk about the miracles in John? Mm. And of course, we all had a conversation about it, and we decided that it would be a good idea because it's such a such an easy gospel to read, um, very interesting, very unique. Um, uh, the majority of the signs we studied in the past seven weeks, we can we o we only find it in John, which is which is amazing. And also the way he describes Jesus and how he brings this amazing idea of Jesus being God. Mm. And uh, I think it's, I think it was great. And yeah. actually this is, every time someone asks me, oh, I want to start reading the Bible, where should I, where should I start? And uh, I always recommend starting in John because I think it's so easy to read. And so it was it was great. And then, of course, we decided to do one miracle per week and um, having the journal to, um, you know, help everybody to understand what's happening between mm -hmm. the Sundays and bring more context of, um, yeah, Jesus' lives. And, you know, so I think it was... I think it was a great experience for all of us. Yeah. Can you kind of talk about uh, the the process a little bit with deciding the context? Like, what context should we bring to the journal? Like, how, how do we decide, like, what to put in? Because it could be endless possibilities, right? Like, oh, yeah. And, and I'm sure that was difficult to kind of drill down. Like, man, what, what do we want to accomplish throughout the week leading up to Sunday so that it's the message on Sunday is more impactful and, and it's more holistic. How, how was that process and, and what, what led you to uh, the final product? I think, I, I think the very first thing, of course, we all had to align spe uh, expectations. Um, I was thinking more of a devotional journal and then of course, uh, Some of us wanted some something a little bit more interactive, mm -hmm. so we we tried to have both in one uh, in one piece. So part of it is just devotional. So you just read about uh, what we consider that would be beneficial. So we're talking a little bit about traditions. We're talking a little bit of a, about uh, words in Greek. We're talking a little bit about what what was important in that context. Um, that's the devotional part of it. And of course, the journal part of it is us just trying to give everybody an opportunity to interact with the material. Um, basically, the whole idea was we don't want to write this. We want, we want you guys to write this with mm. us to be a very unique piece that makes sense for you. Mm. Um, and it was, it was, uh, crazy just sharing with you a, t a testimony, um, One of the Saturdays I wrote, 
I was very unsatisfied with what I wrote. Um, I liked the general idea, but the writing, I was like, huh, I don't know about that. So I spent hours in one in one specific Saturday in our journal trying to to write what was in my heart in the best way possible. And then I gave up. I said, well, I think this is what it is. And then you texted me on a random Saturday saying, this is awesome. And it was as, and of course you sent me a picture, and it was the exact Saturday I was struggling with. So I think when I say our idea was for congregants to write their journal with us, I think that's what I'm saying. Like, Mm -hmm. it's unique for every single one. That Saturday for me was like, eh, for you it was good. And then you had your time with God, something that God told you that is specifically for you. So I think that was that was the, the main purpose. We're writing this together. Um, even though a couple of the things, uh, the, the, again, the devotional part, it is what it is. It's just us trying to understand, okay, so what this Logos uh, means? Mm-hmm. Or what the, the encounter Jesus had with the Samaritan woman, for example, mm-hmm. what does that mean in that context? Mm-hmm. That's just devotional, but of course, the, of course, the journal, the practical aspects of it, I think it's very unique for everybody. That's what we try to accomplish. Yeah, I think the you know you mentioned my experience with that, which you know I'm this is the first time hearing that, so that's an awesome story to share. But uh, I, I did want to kind of share my personal experience, the questions helped me so much. And even the questions that were repetitive, like yep. those still helped me so much because I, I can get lost in a, a soup of thought. Right. And, and so to be able to, to jot down something specific based upon a question really helped me formulate my thought process towards the reading that day. So I, I think that's one thing that I may try and find moving forward, like some general questions to ask myself and, and, and do it on my own, right? Journal, journal on my own. I do that, but, uh, I don't necessarily have questions. It's more just like whatever pops into my head. But I think, I think the specific questions, uh, do help. Um, one thing you mentioned was, you know, God speaking something specific to, to each individual, right? Now I've often struggled with that. Uh, not saying that that's not true because I, you know, obviously God says different things to different people. Right. But, and maybe I've talked about this on the podcast before, but do you think it's more so an interpretation of what God's speaking? Uh, in other words, I'm hearing it a certain way, or do you, do you think that God speaks literally speaks differently to each individual because God's the same, right? Although the same for God is, (laughs) it's endless it's eternal what he can say and think and do right but what's kind of your take on that because it can get dangerous well god told me this well he actually told me that do you get do you see what i'm saying yeah yeah. i think it's a combination of both but something that it's very important to understand here is i don't know if god spoke to you or it's just your interpretation of something the the standard the rule will be always the bible So your personal experience with God is not above the scriptures. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing. Mm. So if you're saying God told you something that goes against the scripture, we only have two options. One, God never spoke to you. Or two, 
your God is not my God. Mm. It's not the same God here. Yeah. So I do believe that, and, and, the, and going to a personal experience, I think when God speaks something with me, it always start with, with always start with a reading mm. experience. It begins in scripture. It, exactly. Yeah. I, I, it happened before the opposite way. I heard God saying something, and then I went back to the scripture to kind of support this. But usually with me, always start with the scripture, mm-hmm. and then I just feel like God, uh, uh, to use Pastor Keith's uh, term, I, I feel the download mm. inside of me. Um, sometimes, and I've, of course I think this is tricky, sometimes I hear God saying things that it's for me, it's for my personal life, it's for my marriage, it's for my family, it's for my ministry. Sometimes not. It's just an idea. It's just something that he wants me to share with someone, or maybe not. Um, sometimes I don't know what to do with it. There's a lot of things involved here. But I think it's a it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. As long as we keep going back to the scriptures, to the scripture, I think we'll be uh, we will be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I talk about this a lot too, but I don't think you can talk about it enough because there, I hear it all the time. People struggle with the idea of hearing from God in the best way that you know how, how can you explain what it's like to hear from God? And it doesn't have to be a cookie cutter, just your experience over time, how it's developed and evolved how maybe you heard before and now you hear, but you know it's the same voice. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, I, I think I have three different ways of of answering that question. I think the first one is uh, through scripture. So when I say through scripture, I don't want to, I don't want to give you a simple answer to what, what you're saying. What I mean by that is I hear God speaking with me through the scripture when I'm reading something and then out of nowhere. Uh, little piece of a, of a verse or maybe one single word in a verse just I can get out of my mind um, I can give you an, an, an example a couple weeks ago yeah last week I was reading uh, Ruth and then on a chapter one or two or the first or the second chapter when in one of the verses it says coincidentally Ruth got into his land, hmm. and then I, and then just that single word, coincidentally, I'm still struggling with, struggling with that. Hmm. Uh, in our friendship, guys, we say mar- marinating. I'm still <laughs> marinating. <laughs> yes, what that means. Yeah. Um, so I feel that God wants to speak with me about that, and it started with the scripture. I think that's the first the first way. Second is when I have an impression or a feeling about something. It happens with me pretty frequently. I don't think 100% of the times is God. Um, but uh, when I have an impression, when I feel out of nowhere, I need to read Romans, it's because something will happen there. When I feel out of nowhere, I'm driving around and I feel I need to call someone. Uh, I'm just having an impression mm. 
that God wants me to do that. Even though I'm not sure, <clears throat> I tend to to give room, make yeah. room to those impressions. I mm-hmm. think that's the second. And the third is when I actually hear his voice in my spirit. And I think that's the most complicated one. Um, but I think it falls back to the concept concept of friendship. So if I don't have your number in my contacts and you call me, it will be a weird number calling me. But on, when I pick up and you say, hey, brother, I, I automatically know it's you. Mm-hmm. I would say, hey, brother, because I know your voice. Mm-hmm. We, we were friends enough for me to to understand the tone of your voice, the the weird w- words we use in our relationship. Mm. So I know it's you automatically. Um, I think with God is the same thing. I think as you develop this f- relationship, you learn, um, okay, this is God, this is me, mm. and this is uh, the devil, if we <laughs> can put that way. Yeah. Um, So I think what I would say in, is, of course, hearing the voice of God is very important, but develop a relationship mm. is more important than mm. that. Hear, hearing and recognizing his voice is just an overflow of a great relationship. Yeah, and I think I think one of the key things that you said is you, you err on the side of caution to whereas if you feel like in that prompting phase— if you feel like this is what God's leading you to do, obviously if it aligns with the character of God, exactly, you just do it. So whether it was God, you know, and we could go into the theology of does everything begin and end with God and to some extent and how that well works. But regardless, if you believe that it's God, you might as well just step out and do it. So something as simple as a phone call, like, man, am I just getting this thought randomly or is this God like, no, just make the phone call. Right. Exactly. And, and so I, I think that that's a, a key piece for, for some people, like instead of juggling whether or not it's the right or wrong thing to do, if it doesn't, if it's not contrary to the character of God or his nature, then go ahead and do it. Yeah. And also just one more thing. Yeah. <clears throat> talking about that impressions that we feel or feelings that we, we feel, I tend not to over spiritualize anything. Mm. Even though it's a spiritual process happening inside of me, I treat that phone call as a natural, simple phone call. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll never call the person saying, hey, I feel God. I think I want, I think God wants me to call. No, it's more like, hey, what's up? I was mm-hmm. thinking about you. I decided to call. Yeah. So I make that whole process very natural. Yeah. Uh, instead of over-spiritualizing anything. And if there's a supernatural element to the conversation that comes out of it, it's almost like a confirmation, right? Like, oh, in in a sense, could it be where someone would say, uh, you have no idea what this phone call means to me. I was, you know, I was thinking about the same thing. Like, that's when it's like, okay, God. And you can start to catalog those away as testimonies and reminders to yourself. Like, no, when you feel hesitant about making that step, you can know, I remember when I did this, this happened. Or I remember when I obeyed the first time this happened. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about <clears throat> kind of getting back to the, the scripture aspect of it. The uniqueness of John's gospel, because you mentioned how it's the, it's the first one that you tell pe- a new believer or someone who's not even a believer, who's interested in scripture or interested in the things of God. That's the one you read John. 
right? So we have what are called the synoptic gospels, and if you want to go into what those are, feel free. Why is John so unique, and why does it seem to stand out? It it just it doesn't appear like any of the others, you know. Uh, and you and I were kind of joking about that when I got to it this year, reading through it. But but what what do you think the divine purpose is there? Well, even though. We, of course, we can talk about a little bit about the synoptic, synop, synoptic gospels. Synoptic. Oh, yeah, you guys got it. <laughs> um, but of course, every single every single one of them are very are very unique. Mm-hmm. But like Luke, for example, it's so detail oriented. In and you're when you read it, sometimes it's more like, okay, Luke, I got it. Go, 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 go. <laughs> And Mark is the opposite. It's so Mark. short. It's so like to the point. And so Jesus was there. This was he did. This is what he did. Next, um, I think John is unique because he brings a type. One, I think it's a little bit more romantic than the other ones in the writing. Mm-hmm. I think he wrote through the lenses of his relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. so he was known as the loved one. Mm-hmm. So I think he he puts that relationship in the middle of his writing. But what I think it makes it very unique is John trying, uh, sorry, trying to show everyone that this mysterious subject in theology that God incarnated hmm. in in a man that was showing to the man what God is, and then went back to heaven to tell God how it is to be a man, wow. if that makes sense. Wow, yeah. So I think that that it's it's very interesting to see how he's always like, so this is Jesus, the man, doing all those things, but at the same time, this is Jesus, the God, doing all those um, uh, things. Hmm. We have this uh, term in theology called uh, kenosis, the theology of kenosis, that try to figure out Jesus did what he did because he was a man or because he was a God. And then, of course, uh, we can talk all day about this. <laughs> um, but we see Jesus doing a couple of things as a man, especially when he said, well, if you believe in me, you will be able to do things like that and even more. So if he said that, and if he did that as a God, we have a problem because he said we would be able to do things like that and we're not God. Also, God doesn't die and Jesus died. Hmm. So, of course, uh, a part of his ministry he did as a, as a man, if we can say that in that way. But also, part of his ministry, we see the God persona of Jesus taking place like when he says all your sins are forgiven mm. as a man I cannot say I cannot say that to you mm-hmm. right so in that interaction was Jesus the man or Jesus the God hanging on a cross uh, yelling to Telestai was Jesus the man or Jesus the God so that tension between the two of them not trying to bring any clarification. It's fascinating to me 
on Jones' writing. Yeah, it's not like, hey, this is the man Jesus talking. It's just like, this is what happened. Exactly. And you guys figure out by yourself. Mm -hmm. I think this is the point. But I don't see that in any other of the Gospels. Um, So I think this is what makes the whole thing very unique. It's starting like this. Hey, Jesus was God. Jesus was with God. And then not anymore. Yeah. So since like the first verses of the the book, he's already talking about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm under the impression he had this conversation with someone on a podcast 2,000 years ago <laughs> uh, when someone asked him, so tell me a little bit of, about Jesus. And John was like, well, Jesus the man, Jesus the God. Which I, one you want to know exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. Even though, of course, of course, you guys are listening to us. He was a man. He was a God. He mm-hmm. was both. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not one or the other. Yeah. But I really like how he presents in a, in a way. And again, not trying to bring any clarification mm. about it. It's just something that was inside of him. Um, so that's, I think that's why all the signs we see in the, in the gospel is, is so unique to the gospel mm. because he's trying to bring different signs to bring that discussion again. Mm. What about now? Yeah. Let's talk about this one. Let's talk about this encounter with this Samaritan woman. Let's talk about this right now. Is, who, is, who is talking with her? Is Jesus the man bringing all the revelations about her life? Things that nobody knew about it, just her? Or is Jesus the God? See how, and, and how, how a simple man can just say that, well, if you knew who you were talking with, you will ask me water and I will give water to you that you will never be thirsty again. Mm-hmm. I can say that because I'm just a limited man, like Jesus was. But at the same time, see what I'm saying? Yeah. This tension happening all the time in the gospel. Mm. Loved it. I think Sorry, I think this is a complicated answer, but no, it's a it's a complicated question. And one thing that has really stretched my faith in recent probably this past year is the answer is both, but it's not all inclusive. Okay? So both doesn't mean yes to everything or both doesn't mean anything goes or exemption from boundaries does that make sense totally. but it's both it, and that's totally. what makes god god and that's what makes god sacred and holy and unique and not of <laughs> not of us right um uh, and so and there's a lot of things in scripture too that i think are both for sure but that doesn't make it that's not a theme that's natural that makes this that makes something right and wrong at the same time for us right i can't think of an example right now but i can't say like oh, oh that's I, I can give you an example hit me um free will and sovereignty for example so we have a lot of believers that believe that well it's free will free will free will free will it's definitely i'm i'm deciding I know what I'm going to do. I wore this shirt today because I decided, and voila, and we have. <laughs> polar opposite. Exactly. Polar opposite th- saying, what are you talking about? It's, it's, it's not about you at all. It's God above everything. 
he's in control of everything. So you think you wear this shirt because you chose it? You have no idea. <laughs> God, you think you choose God because you choose God? No, you have no idea. Mm. And they don't understand that it's a combination of both mm. together in a way that it's impossible for us to understand mm. um, that it's the final truth. Yeah. There is free will? Of course. There is sovereignty? Of course. Mm. How does that exist together? We know. We'll never know. Never know. Mm. We'll never know. Um, in Portuguese, the word we use for for those types of things is um, antinomio. So it's when we apparently have two two different two opposite truths truths in the Bible, or truths that appear opposite. Exactly. For I can give you one, one more example. Throughout the Bible, you you see a lot of times. Um, the writer saying, worship God and God alone. God is one. God is one. It's just one God in heaven. And then some parts of the Bible, we understand that this God is three. And then we try to, we try to understand, okay, it's one or it's three. It's three or one. When I worship, I worship one or I worship three. Should I? And we try to, We try to understand the two truths in a way that we we take the one we like more and we exclude the other. We're just trying to make it neat. We're trying to make it, it fit exactly. into our our conceptual understand our cognition basically. It, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It's putting a square peg in a round hole. Exactly. But that's God. That's God. I want to get back to uh just one more thing. On, on that uh, Trinity, I think someone told me that in the past and it brought so much peace to my heart because mm -hmm. I used to be this guy 15 years ago trying to, and I told you this a hundred of, hundreds of times, trying to understand, okay, this is it and the rest is just, mm -hmm. is just lies. Mm -hmm. And the Trinity is definitely one of them, right? So is this God I worship one? Or three, and someone told me something one day that I was like, yes, it brought me peace to my heart. And he said, taking a risk of be of saying a, uh, saying a heresy right now, God is like a Twix. That it's chocolate, caramel, and cookie together, three, but one. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that's it. God is my Twix. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> exactly. So good. <laughs> the series is called Signs and you know, we we pointed to we pointed to the miracles as as the signs. Why did we why do we call it that? You know, like why why are those terms synonymous? Signs, miracles, what's the significance in, in that in that title? <clears throat> well, I understand that miracles are just something supernatural that happened and it's amazing. Signs is more like something supernatural that happened with the goal of sh showing something else. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, and we see that in John a lot of, lots of times when Jesus does something that it's, it's a miracle, 
also leads people to to believe or not believe to join him or go away from him mm -hmm. because they're all signs of of something do you think that's frustrating for him i don't think so no i don't the only reason i don't think so because it's because i don't think popularity was in his agenda mm. he was doing god's will and trying to show the kingdom for 200 or 2000 i think for him it was like i don't care mm. as long as i fulfill whatever god wants me to do mm -hmm. i think that's the could jesus is jesus's nature so uh important or is his nature could he not do miracles or does his nature compel him that he must does that make sense it's almost like asking the question like could jesus not have died on the cross or had or god's or could god have chosen not to send an answer Or does his nature not allow him? He must answer the call to redeem. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think this is just a, comp it's so complex and we would need three hours for this. Next But week. There's a bunch of <laughs> factors that we can't ignore when we answer that. For example, all the prophecies of the Old Testament about Jesus. And the majority of them It's the majority of them is talking about something supernatural happening. Mm -hmm. So when you say. Let me put it what, this way. A lot of times we say God can't overlook sin because of how holy he is. There must be an answer for it. Right. And that's why we point to the cross. Like there had to be an answer for sin. There, so that's what I that's what I guess I'm asking is we can't overlook sin. So did there have to be like God's nature wouldn't allow him to not send an answer basically, and and asking that with the same thing like Jesus's nature wouldn't allow him to walk by and not perform the miracle, right? I well again I th I think it's so complex I I think since day one if we can put it that way even though this is so limited. Jesus was the perfect plan of God. We see that in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Hmm. Thousands of years ago, we see that. And of course, we can make this whole thing even more complicated when we say the Lamb of God was slain since the foundation of the world, the, the every, of everything. So, this Where is, is that? Uh, Revelations. So, of course, this is... This is mind-blowing but the answer for everything what god's answer for everything was jesus since day one i believe i believe that if we read the bible holistic as we should we understand this pattern this rhythm and this plan of god and pretty much the plan of god is seen equals death blood equals life mm -hmm. restoration mm -hmm. um, so in the old testament some someone needed to die in your place right someone needed to die in your place or somebody 
that's why they used to kill the animals. Mm -hmm. So their blood would cover you. Um, but that was just a temporary solution, solution. because the solution was Jesus. Mm. Um, and then Jesus comes. He does everything he needed to do to fulfill all the prophecies of the Old Testament. But the most important thing, and this is the biggest signs of all the signs, is Jesus on a cross, dying for me and for you, saying it is finished. Tetelestai, that's my blood. Not not to cover sin, but to forgive mm. sin. Mm. I think that's a big difference. Yeah. Old and New Testament, to forgive sin for now on. And now we can live a life with God because because of that. Um so when I think about God and his plan, I want to say, yes, Jesus needed to die on the cross. Mm -hmm. Jesus needed to do exactly what he did. But I also believe that being a man, he did it because he chose to. He could have chosen mm. a completely different path. Mm. I believe that. Mm. Um, I'm so grateful he didn't. Yeah, He did exactly what it was necessary yeah. for us to have this conversation right now. Yeah. Lazarus. The story of Great Lazarus. Great guy. <laughs> Great guy. <laughs> Fascinating. Fascinating story. I've read it before. Uh, I've read the account before, but for whatever reason, this time around, I read it multiple times and just struck me, struck me in new ways. Um, I'd love to hear your take inclusive of this Sunday, which this past Sunday, we haven't even, you know, we're 30 something minutes in. We haven't even talked about how amazing this past Sunday was, uh, being able to be at the crossings church, uh, which houses both the crossings church and Vita church. Uh, uh, so shout out to them. Oh yeah. Shout out to the crossings church and their generosity and hospitality yep. and Vita church. Go ahead and give Vita some love. Say something nice. Amazing. But yeah, let's talk about that. But before we wrap up here, just what are some takeaways from you from Lazarus and that just that narrative and how how impactful it can be? It's so interesting for me to understand that it was a family that Jesus loved and they were his his friends, right? Lazarus and the two sisters. And when Jesus got the news, hey, Lazarus is, it's so fascinating to me that he did the opposite of what everybody's expecting. Mm. Everybody's expecting Jesus to stop everything he's doing. Um, that's not what he did. He had a plan. He had an agenda. He, And of course, we can debate if he did that because he knew he would bring Lazarus back or he did just because it because he's Jesus. But that's the fascinating, the most fascinating thing to me. And then, of course, the, ro the whole interaction with, of Jesus with the, t with the sisters and how everybody was crying. And then we see Jesus crying right there. Again, John bringing the men side of Jesus. Jesus cried when he saw everybody and everybody suffering because Apparently, Lazarus was someone that he was loved by the community. We see people were there uh, grieving and 
And then something that is very powerful to me, I heard that long, long time ago, but I think it makes sense. When Jesus, when they rolled the, the stone and Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. Um, I think it's interesting to me that Jesus called him by his name. Mm. Otherwise, everybody would raise, right? If Jesus, yeah. isn't it crazy? Yeah, Pastor Keith mentioned that on Sunday. This is crazy. And um, this is this is awesome, and and then of course of course Lazarus came out, and when we think about the tra tradition, he was probably wrapped up with mm -hmm. a bunch of uh, fabric and and whatever they used, and then he had to remove everything to understand the, the new perspective. Important also to understand that two miracles happened there. Mm. One. Not only Jesus bringing him back, but Jesus healing him because Lazarus died died of something, mm -hmm. and uh, it's not only bringing him back; otherwise, he would die two minutes later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> again, right, 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 yeah. So he was healed, uh, and then of course uh, they served the Lord together uh, uh, as a family. So the whole thing is very, very, very interesting to me. But the most fascinating thing is a couple of years later, Lazarus died again. Mm. Um, Jesus is the only one who died, resurrected, and lives forever. Amen. And one day we will. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Man. I don't know if we will see the dead, the dead or not. Mm. I think we will. Mm -hmm. um, but live forever with the, with our Savior. Imagine being Lazarus, being sick, and knowing that, well, I'm inferring here that, but knowing most likely that they went out and told Jesus, and him thinking, okay, Jesus is going to come, exactly. I'll, I'll be better. His friend. Yeah, like, okay. He's on his way. Yeah, we're good, we're good. And then being let down. And then the moment of consciousness again, wow, Yeah. I'm back. Yeah. Do you know when you're part of those meetings that it's so long and at some point you're just lost and you're like, I don't even know what we're talking about right now? Imagine Lazarus, bro, mm -hmm. when he walked out thinking, What's what, happening? What's happening? Yeah. Jesus is here now? Yeah. How many days I was in there? <laughs> yeah. What did I tell me, guys? Why are you why are you crying and wearing weird uh, uh, clothes? Yeah. So, so weird, man. I think that's one of the, I don't know if we will have that or not, but mm -hmm. hopefully we will. I would love to have a Samsung OLED 50, not 50, let's say 85, um, uh, 85 what? How you guys call it in English? Inch? Inch TV in heaven. And then the heaven Netflix could be just moments mm. in a past for us to yeah. see. And that's when I would love to put like a 45 minutes version of that story. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus arriving, the sisters crying, Lazarus dead. I would love to see like a camera on him when Jesus said, Lazarus, mm. what are you doing there? And then the guy just, <gasps> and bro, that would be amazing. Amazing. So God, this is an idea. <laughs> I know you thought about it, but. Giving God an idea. <laughs> and with that note, before we get in too much trouble, Thanks so much for, for coming on. 
appreciate you and all the work you put into this series. It was uh, very impactful for our church. Awesome. Thank right. you. Uh, stay tuned, guys. Uh, we'll probably be back here uh, shortly for a new season of After the Message. But until then, we hope to see you uh, either online or in person. Celebration Church Orlando. Peace out. Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at celebrationorl.org.